it's time to relax. You know what that means. It's time to eat lightning and crap thunder on a new episode of the original Janksters. I'm Kevin Jank. I'm Peter Jank. Yay, we're back. We are back. We'll, s- we'll see how long this episode gets takes to get up there. Last one took a little bit. That's Most right. of that was my fault, but... <laughs> we had some weird technical difficulties. At least this time I know when I send it off, it'll be immediate. And <laughs> it'll be in link form. Yeah. At least we'll, it'll be openable, hopefully. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's always the hardest part. Uh, so, yeah, this week, uh, our first topic of uh, discussion is we're finally getting into it. Our new franchise that we're going to be reviewing here one week at a time is the Rocky franchise. Yep. <laughs> this is my first time ever watching any Rocky movie. So, yep. uh, oh, no, I did see Balboa uh, when that came out. Oh, the did theaters. you? Yeah. Um, I don't. It'll probably make a lot more sense when you watch it again. <laughs> probably. I don't really remember anything of that one minus i think he was fighting some young kid it was like the young kid versus the old guy kind of thing but i honestly i don't remember anything else about that movie (laughs) i love this franchise like i've seen these movies countless times um i think i first saw them probably i want to say the first one we watched when i was like 10 or something like that like we would you know we'd go to the video store and we'd rent my mom would rent stuff for my dad basically and uh, i think this was one of those like the first rocky was one of those and we watched that and i was like oh man this is great i need now i need to see the rest of them and i rented all the rest of them just kind of watched them and i watched them a bunch of more times over the years um my first uh roommate in college uh, my freshman year was a guy I went to high school with, and he like was obsessed with like uh, Stallone movies. So he, you know, had all the Rocky movies. So we watched them a shit ton those years. <laughs> and then uh, even since then, I've just watched them, you know, repeatedly. So I've seen these movies many, many a time. Uh, this is your first time finally seeing. We're talking about the original right now, the original Rocky from 1976. Yes. So, uh, without getting into the specifics yet, your overall opinion from a scale of absolutely hated it worst thing ever to oh my god this is amazing i loved it where do you fall on that scale i guess if we're gonna do a one to ten scale i would say i would sit probably between the numbers of three and four (laughs) all right that's not what i would call great but it was better than i was expecting kind of (laughs) yeah this uh this movie is definitely it's it's a little bit dated for sure yep um of them all i would say this is kind of the roughest in terms of like production uh it was a very low budget movie (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh which definitely shows um it was a movie that kind of they they even said and i was watching some of the back the the, uh the special features on there and they kind of said like yeah it wasn't really like intended to be like a fight movie so much like that wasn't really what they were focusing on is it was more the human story so you can kind of tell that they didn't put a lot of effort into the fight scenes nope the actual boxing scenes those are kind of rough and without a doubt those get better as we go along um so there's that so it's not you know at least that's something to look forward to (laughs) i hope so because right now (laughs) it does have a really bad taste in my mouth (laughs) Yeah, the uh, the opening scene of the movie, especially, I thought was really rough and uh, very low budget. 
like the opening fight scene where he's fighting Spider Rico, yeah. uh, which is a good good trivia question, just in case anyone ever asks you who the first you know opponent we see Rocky fight is. Spider Rico, who even though he's barely a you know he's a nothing character, he was included in like the the video game that they made for like PS2 a couple years ago. Oh, like weird. he was the first person you fight in there, and there's probably a Spider Rico action figure somewhere. <laughs> Because for some reason he's, you know, included, even though he's not really much of an opponent. Uh, that whole fight was kind of cheap. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the uh, the fight choreography in that first fight is really god-awful. Uh, at, at one point, like, Spider-Rico, I guess, headbutts Rocky. Yep. Except it's nowhere within the 12-mile radius of Rocky's actual head. <laughs> he just kind of gives a slight nod, and Rocky goes, oh, you got me. <laughs> That's every single punch in the entirety of the movie. Uh, <laughs> I would say there's so many bad and terrible shots in this movie, at least during the fight scenes. It was mostly just, we could tell you're definitely missing, but yep. do not do overhead shots. Do not give me a bird's eye view, because not only can we kind of tell before we can definitely tell now you're about yep. two feet from each other and we are seeing you hit the the opponent it's awful <laughs> it was just <laughs> terrible i think it really was i think what it is with this movie and i kind of wanted to uh i guess spring in with this i think the reason most people really enjoy this movie is mainly because of the nostalgia factor i think what it was is kids watched it when they were kids um or people watched it when they were kids and basically uh i could see it kind of being something that you would watch in maybe the 80s early 90s and just kind of get pumped up about but nowadays i'm not saying that it doesn't hold up the story is just like (laughs) maybe it's there a little bit but it's just dragged it's dragged on forever it's so like oh god and then there's a rape scene in there like i wasn't expecting a rape scene in the movie (laughs) what what are you talking about (laughs) the rape scene with rocky and that adrian girl are you kidding me that was complete (laughs) rape she didn't want to be there and he just kept pressing herself or himself no, no, onto her. No. Oh that yes, is, that is Rewatch not what that happened movie. at all. Oh my god! <laughs> I've seen this movie twice in the last two weeks. That is definitely not what happened. Let me let me throw down really quick before we get into the nitty gritty of this movie. <laughs> Basically, Rocky invites her into her, his apartment. She doesn't want to go in. He keeps saying, "Come in." She doesn't want to go in. He keeps <laughs> saying, "Come in." She doesn't want to go in. Eventually, she's just like. Damn it, I, I can't walk home alone. So I, I'll go in really quickly, maybe. So she goes in there. Rocky says, want to look at my turtles? We know what that means. So basically, <laughs> she says, no, no, I, you know, I, I bought you those turtles. And he's like, oh, yeah, these turtles. That's right. These are the turtles. Yes, I bought, I bought these from your pet store. So he says, why don't you come and sit down on my couch? She doesn't want to be there. He says, why don't you come and sit down on my couch? She doesn't want to be there. He says, come on, sit on this couch. <laughs> she doesn't want to be there. So He's then like, there's, there's big bugs on that side of the room. Yeah. He'd be better off over on this side. Yep. I thought that was a good line. But she doesn't want to be there. So then he uh, he gets up and kind of gets in her face as she I think she's trying to leave at this point. And he pretty much stands in front of the door and then tells her to slowly undress by saying, let's remove your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she removes her glasses, but she didn't want to. But then he says, oh, you look very pretty, and then I want to kiss you. And then she doesn't want to kiss him. She doesn't want to do that. (laughs) So he forces himself onto her, and she doesn't have a choice. This man is larger than life up against this very tiny woman and basically just, I mean, unfortunately, just rapes her right there in his apartment. (laughs) That is a complete misread of what happened. That is. I mean – I would say that they probably have she some kind right of. She's right by the door. She could have left if she wanted. She tried to. to. She absolutely tried to. She is many no times. way blocking the door. He's definitely. <laughs> he shuts the door. <laughs> he shuts that door. She one hundred percent could have left. She is just very shy. She doesn't. She feels weird being in a man's apartment alone. But you can see that she kind of does like this. She's into Rocky as well. And once he like, he's like, I'm just going to give you a kiss and you don't have to kiss me back if you don't want to. But he gives her a little kiss and then she starts kissing him back. She is finally starting to feel more comfortable and she's into it. I don't, (laughs) I don't think so. I think that she eventually gets probably into it a few weeks down the line, but I'm damn near sure that 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 was a rape scene. Um, (laughs) That thankfully they didn't film. <laughs> wow. All right. So let's go into the beginning. I will not of this stand movie. for these character attacks on Rocky Balboa. I'm not. I'm just saying it was a poor, a poorly <laughs> shot or something. Maybe it was just different in the '80s or something like that. Or what was this? What was this movie filmed? Yeah, yeah. It's that late '70s. So I think that that was probably just a way of life in like Philadelphia, <laughs> New York, and probably even like the Chicago areas. In California, they definitely wouldn't stand for that. They would just be like, may I kiss you? No. Okay, I will go home then. Uh, in New York, it's, hey, I'm going to kiss you on your face. You you don't have to kiss me back. You don't have to. I'm going to put my peony in you. Okay. Um, you don't have to open your legs, but just let's see where this goes. And that's just how they did it in the, the Yankee states, basically. <laughs> um, so that's pretty that was handed much, down by the founding fathers. That, that's pretty much the. I don't know, I'll put air quotes here. The love scene in this movie. <laughs> that wasn't a love scene. That was rape. But so we start <laughs> this movie off with a funny, funny fight. That was really everything's rape. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, one, I'm not a millennial. I'm a zennial. I looked it up. <laughs> I fall in that category. Actually, I'm in the exact same category as you, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. So <laughs> you, you take that back. Now, not everything is rape. I knew that somebody would probably say that. Like I said, growing up in the Midwest, I would say that that's not rape. That was probably just a love scene. And he was just making <laughs> his moves. But I have to make fun of the millennials today anyways <laughs> so this movie starts off with a, a terrible fight where we it see does. where we see rocky win um he just kind of goes to town on this uh this duder and basically uh that's the last fight scene you'll see until the very end of the movie <laughs> yep that's uh, true it's a boxing, for a boxing movie. movie there's very little boxing <laughs> yeah for a boxing movie there's none and uh so we pretty much get a little uh uh, scope of Rocky and his life and his background and stuff like that. And um, during the very beginning of this, right after that fight, um, I'm trying to remember everything. So then basically what ends up happening is uh, he de- he knows of a guy named Apollo Creed. He's this world champion, kind of like world heavyweight champion that's shown on oh, TV. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's way down the line <laughs> where they get to the Apollo Creed stuff. Well, right, <laughs> but he sees some, some of the stuff on TV. So it's kind of sprung sure. up uh, in the beginning. So they're – they're spoon feeding you who this other character that you're going to see later on down the line is, which I like that. It's, I mean, it's called foreshadowing, but I, I yeah. like that when 
people do that in movies instead of just like, hey, there's Apollo Creed. Who the fuck is that? He's going to fight you. <laughs> who the fuck is Apollo Creed? No, we kind of get some snippets <laughs> of who he is and what he's what he's about. Um, yeah. Apollo Creed is the uh, the world heavyweight champion at the, at the time. Um, he has a big fight coming up uh, around the the turn of the year. Once it gets to the you know the bicentennial of uh, America, they're having this big you know celebration fight where he's supposed to fight this you know ranked contender, and it's going to be a big blowout. And it's going to be you know watched by millions and all this stuff. Uh, so he's on TV promoting that and Rocky kind of sees it. And one of the guys is talking crap about Apollo Creed and Rocky's kind of sticking up for him because he, he likes Apollo Creed. He has no beef with them. Um, he thinks he's a good champion. Yep. Which I like that there is actual like respect there. It's not like, Oh, this guy's just douchebag. We meet <laughs> like, a, no, he's a good dude. We meet a few other characters and stuff like that. Like we meet Mick, uh, when they go to the gym and basically, uh, we, we find out, Man, I don't remember because I kept fading in and out of this movie because it was so damn boring. <laughs> but basically, uh, it is very seventies paced. It's very seventies. Sure. But uh, we find out that uh, Rocky's locker had been emptied, and he moved all of his stuff into a bag. And we find out that Mick moved it out uh, from uh, into a bag or whatnot because I guess this, uh, Mick is training some new guy that he thinks is going to be better than Rocky. Basically, um, so yeah. Uh, Rocky's kind of disappointed, and you see this kind of like down downward spiral of like Rocky in his life, and he's just kind of like getting, for lack of a better word, uh, a couple licks to the chin in his personal life. <laughs> um, yeah, this whole movie's kind of a kick, constant kick to the nuts of Rocky Balboa, at least the first half. We're just like, man, this guy's life is just terrible. Like he lives in a shithole with like. Basically, no friends other than Polly, who is just the worst kind of asshole. Yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit. Um, he's got like uh, his eyes set on this girl, you know, Adrian, who's you know pretty attainable. It's not like she's like you know the, the most popular girl in town. Like he's got to really try to get her. Like it seems like she'd be pretty attainable for a guy like him. But even she's just like he goes in every day trying to tell her jokes and stuff. But she's just having none of it for the most part and just kind of like so she's so shy that she can't even like acknowledge him or say anything when he comes in. Yeah. Um, and then Thanksgiving comes around. We find, well, you forgot to mention. So, uh, Adrian is also, uh, Polly's sister. So yeah. he, I think he comes over for Thanksgiving, right? Rocky or whatnot. And I think Adrian's <laughs> yeah, making tells, dinner. uh, tells Rocky to come over tomorrow for Thanksgiving and the whole walk over there the next day. He's like, Rocky keeps asking him, did you tell Adrian I was coming? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I told her she's going to be so thrilled. <laughs> But of course, he asked him like a couple of times. You asked, you made sure she knows I'm coming, right? But of course, they get there and he didn't tell her because Polly is just an asshole. He's kind of a piece he's of a complete drunk, uh, and he'll pretty much just say the most assholeish thing at any given time. Yep, welcome to Philly. But basically, then <laughs> um, we're also brought into this Thanksgiving where it seems like there's just this giant shitstorm going on now. Uh, Polly, I think, I don't remember exactly what led up to the turkey being thrown outside. <laughs> oh, like Adrian's gets kind of weird that Rocky's there. So, uh, and oh, uh, Polly's like, you got to go out with him. Like I told him you were going to go out with him tonight. And she's like, no, I can't go out. Like I got to finish this, making this turkey. And so he gets all mad and takes the turkey out of the oven, throws it in the alleyway. <laughs> Seeing like, oh, you want that? You want the bird? Go get the bird. <laughs> Yeah, he's a piece of shit. So anyway, so 
He did grab one hunk for himself, at least, before he uh, before he threw it out there. Which I when thought was funny because I'm not. He probably got bugs now in him because I don't. Who knows if that turkey was actually cooked? He pulled that out <laughs> of the oven while it was cooking, and now he's just chopping on some turkey. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so then Rocky Sounds goes funny. up to Adrian's door because she obviously is very upset and runs into her room, and he's just like, "Oh, you go out with me, and I go out with me," and he keeps looking back at Polly like, "I don't think she wants to go out with me." Let me ask her again, really quick, if you don't mind. I don't think he wants. I don't. I don't think she wants any part of this, Polly. Um, and then she's like, "I can't stand that fucking talk anymore." So then she just en- exits the bedroom, and she's got her coat on. She's just like, "God, I'll just do this real quick, so I can stop listening to him talk to me." No, I think more than anything, she just wanted to get away from Polly at that point. She was like, I don't want to be around this asshole, so I'd rather go out with this nice guy than stick around with this douchebag. So the two of them actually finally leave, and uh, Rocky says that he's going to bring her to an ice skating rink. And she's like, well, is it even open? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. And when they get there... um, it looks like they're just cleaning up the ice with the good old Zamboni. And the guy's like, no, 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 we're closed. We closed at 6, which is weird because why are they even open in the first place? But, I mean, this is right. the 70s, so everything was probably open back then. It's only now. why is the door they... open? Like, how did they even get in? Um, <laughs> that's true. Even the Zamboni guy is just like, how did you even get in here? <laughs> which I think is funny. But basically, um, uh, Rocky says, here's $10, and uh, I just want to skate for 10 minutes. And there's a little bit of bargaining. But basically... Uh, they, they're able to skate for about 10 minutes. So Rocky and Adrian, well, Adrian's yeah, Adrian skating. Skates. Rocky's just, Rocky kind just kind of walking slash running. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of just doing their thing, talking and getting the feels. The whole part of it's really boring. The only thing that I just kept, <laughs> the whole thing that kept coming to mind was the whole guy just screaming, you got eight minutes. Yep. <laughs> That's the best that was part. so funny. <laughs> He's just rushing him along. Yeah. Every time they try to have like a nice moment, it's like this guy's interrupting. You got three minutes. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. Um, it's a pretty awkward date, but it's it's funny and kind of endearing. So then after that, they uh, they get off. Which the- oh, apparently I saw um, that apparently the whole reason that scene happened like that is they were supposed to do it in like an actual operating uh, ice skating rink, but because they had such a low budget, they couldn't do that. So they had to just kind of rework the scene to only just be the two of them oh. and have the thing be closed. So that kind of worked out nicely. Yeah, that works <laughs> out a little accident. bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right after that scene, we move on to the rape scene. We already talked about that. And then the next day or no in between well, scenes let's talk about uh like rocky's other job besides fighting oh. he is essentially a leg breaker for a, like a local loan shark guy uh you know people aren't paying their loans back this rocky has to go and break their thumbs or you know do some kind of violence to them which seems very like antithetical to who rocky is because like rocky's like violent in the ring but outside of there he's He's like the nicest, most gentle guy ever. And so even though he's doing this kind of shitty job, like he doesn't like actually like doing it. And most of the time he'll let people off and kind of let them skate by and just be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> people will be like, yeah, I'll pretend I'll tape up the thumb. Pretend like you broke it. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that you see this guy like he's actually like a really nice, like sweet guy. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird, weird job for him to have. <laughs> 
I did like the uh, the interactions between Rocky and uh, the driver for Gazzo. The uh, <laughs> it's like his driver guys always giving him shit. Oh They yeah. just keep talking to each other back and forth. At one point, like Gazzo's trying to give him money to like, take Adrian out for his date, and uh, <laughs> the driver guys just like. Hey, Rocky, I heard she's retarded. <laughs> you should take her to the zoo. Retards love the zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that part does happen. That's kind of funny. And they just get in the huge arguing, like a huge fight every time those two are together. And that's part. I loved all the, that stuff. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that part is kind of funny. <laughs> As is the part where where Rocky's walking home one day and he sees this like uh this little sister of one of his friends hanging out with like some bad kids so he tries to like walk her home and uh, give her a speech about life and how you shouldn't hang around with people like that and uh, no say a bad he word here the, he uses the word whore so many times <laughs> and it just gets funnier every time <laughs> all these all these scenes I do want to add, though they are funny, are so irrelevant to this movie, which makes it drag on so bad. Like, I forgot they even existed until you just brought them up again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're kind of irrelevant, but it kind of shows it's just showing his character and what his life is like and that he is a good guy who's trying to, like, do nice things and be friendly with people. But they're just having none of it. Instead, just everywhere he goes, people are calling him names and telling him he's a bum and <laughs> Everyone he ever fought is a bum, and he's a bum for fighting him, and he can't do nothing right. Yep. That's true. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, so in between the Thanksgiving scene and uh, the next scene, we have now Apollo Creed uh, at this point, who's pretty much uh, have come up with this idea of kind of finding a nobody to fight and it's not just he wants to fight somebody easy but he wants to give somebody a chance basically the american dream you know kind of starting up in america and living yeah. what you've wanted to do um uh and basically he comes up with the idea to fight somebody who's you know been fighting in like the lower the lower echelon of uh boxing rings and He's looking through a book and basically comes up with the uh, the name the Italian Stallion had been found. And he said, that's the guy I need to fight. Um, and, every, you know, his whole uh, entourage is like, are you sure you want to do this? And it's like back and forth a little bit. But, yeah, you know, Apollo Creed, he seems like a really cool guy, a really nice guy. And he wants to give somebody a chance, which is really cool. Um, so, basically, he comes up uh, with, hey, I'm going to fight Rocky. Uh, they do a press conference, and I think the next scene is of that, of Rocky, Adrian, and Polly watching this press conference-ish. <laughs> well, I, first, uh, I think they go I to think, see Mick, maybe, first. Yeah, like Rocky, somebody tells Rocky that Mick's looking for him. So uh, Rocky goes, and he goes up to see Mick, and uh, Mick gives him, like, a card for some for a promoter who says that, you know— uh, Apollo Creed's promoter was here. He was looking for you. Here's his card, blah, blah, blah. He's probably looking for sparring partners. And Rocky goes, oh, yeah, he's probably looking for sparring partners for Creed. And Mick gets all pissed off and yells, I already said that, you dumb Dago! Yep. <laughs> Which I love that. That was a great scene. And you kind of, at this point, like, they have a little bit of a fight where you finally get the reason, like, why Mick has been giving Rocky shit lately. Is because he doesn't approve of his job. Basically, he doesn't. He thought that Rocky did have potential at one point, but now he's just kind of working as a leg breaker. He's like, "You fucking wasted everything you had. Like, like that's why I've, I've given up on you. You know, screw off." <laughs> yep. Um, but then he goes and finds his uh this 
this guy, um, we'll just call him Lips because he has the most <laughs> fascinating mouth I've ever seen on somebody. Um, basically <laughs> tells him that uh, Apollo Creed is looking to fight for somebody, uh, fight with somebody for the world uh, heavyweight champion. Uh, at first, Rocky turns him down, and then it seems yeah. like he kind of gives it some thought, and, and uh, I guess they just kind of basically go too with good it. an opportunity to to pass by. It's yeah. probably the only shot he's ever going to have at something like this. Is this is the ultimate, you know, ultimate chance in a million that. Creed would pick him for this fight, which only happened because the guy who was supposed to be fighting broke his hand. And then everyone else he was trying to, you know, fill in every, every other rank competitor was basically either busy or they're just like, well, we only got five weeks. Like that's not enough time to train and shit. So he just kind of ended up on this scheme and uh, Rocky just got this chance in a, in a million and he figured he, he couldn't actually turn it down. And he doesn't, so he starts his training off pretty strong. Like I said, he uh, he sees the little uh, pu- publicity uh, act on TV, basically, to show Apollo Creed saying, yeah, we're going to fight Rocky, and then there's a little, like, uh, tussle, I think, on the TV after he says, oh, John. and then basically, <laughs> I think he gets into a fight with somebody getting off the <laughs> Off the, the stage or whatnot. I don't know. I like, and he was like, "Yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky." <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. Rocky is so good because he's just—he's so dumb, but he's just a lovable dumb guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then we see him doing a lot of the training and stuff like that. There's these weird scenes that kind of happen intermittently that. Well, you he know starts what? out training and it's not going well. Like he's he's out running and stuff all by himself in the morning, and he's hit, like can't even get up the stairs, <laughs> like just completely out of gas. And he's kind of just he's kind of flailing on his own. Um, and then he goes to see he goes to see Polly at the meat packing plant, uh, and this kind of kicks off a whole other thing. Where again, Polly's just weird because he was like trying to set Rocky up with his sister, but now he's like mad that Rocky is banging his sister. Yep. So Polly's just all over the place. But they kind of start having words a little bit, and uh, Polly ends up hitting one of the meat racks, and uh, Rocky kind of like, oh, he, like the idea snaps in his head, and he starts boxing with this meat rack, this like rack of you know half a cow, and just starts wailing on it, like without his gloves on or anything, just whacking at it with his hands, and it kind of starts this whole new training technique for him, where he comes here all the time and starts punching this meat all the time. <laughs> Which is weird. Which is not a euphemism for his wiener. I'm not sure if I missed something in there, but you only see this twice in the movie. That scene, and then when the reporter comes and she's like, oh, we heard you had this new thing that you're doing where you just punch the meat. I didn't know that that was what he was doing. I thought he did it the once, and then we find out from the reporter that, oh, yeah, you've been doing it a bunch of times. Honestly, what should have happened during this whole entire training scene uh, maybe it's just something that happened more likely in the 80s, but most of the time we call this a montage. You speed all this <laughs> horrible shit up because I don't want to <laughs> see this like second act take so damn long for this training and then, oh, you shouldn't bang chicks. They throw your brain off. And then Mick coming in. Women weaken legs. Yeah, and then and then the fucking Mick coming in and saying, hey, I should be your coach. That whole scene was just so oh, much. It was too I much. I love that scene. Oh, God, it was too dumb. 
That's like the critical scene of the whole movie. Oh, God, it was so... That's where Rocky finally, like... Because Rocky all this time has kind of been taking everything as it comes, and he's, like, very good-spirited about how much his life sucks. But that's kind of the part where he just completely loses his shit, and he just kind of admits that, like, he fucking hates his life, he hates where he's living, everything about his life sucks, Mick hasn't helped him once, like, nobody ever fucking helps him, and he just kind of completely breaks down, and you kind of realize that all this shit is getting to him a lot more than he actually let on. And it kind of it's it's an interesting scene because it kind of makes it's kind of shitty of Mick to now come around and be like, oh, hey, let me let me be your coach now. (laughs) Now that you got this chance at the title. But you also at least they had that scene earlier with the with the where they had the fight at the boxing ring where he kind of understood that there was a reason more so than just, you know, it's not he had other reasons for abandoning Rocky before, not just like oh, he doesn't have talent. It's like it was more of a moral thing, but it is still kind of weird that he's just all you know able to overlook that now out of nowhere. Yeah. So it's kind of it's a little bit complicated, but I like that. I mean, we'll say this: the movie could have been sped up. You do the whole training montage thing could have taken three to five minutes. <laughs> and then right after that, you have the Mick and Rocky scene where it's he's been training, and then you do that scene. Maybe I would have tolerated it, but it was just I, I can understand the importance of it. We'll just say that. We'll stick with that. Then basically, and I also will say that as we move along, trust me, there's more and more montages, <laughs> which quickens up the speed of these movies quite a bit. Good because it's awful <laughs> right now. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so now uh, I guess to speed things up a little bit further, are we? I think we're getting closer and closer to the fight now of Apollo Creed. Am I missing something in between there? Which I probably am, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, him and Asia are just getting closer. Um, yeah. They uh, they have Christmas over at Polly's house, where that also goes as bad as Thanksgiving did, and uh... actually worse. <laughs> I would say that it was much worse. Yeah, it's true. And Rocky, I just feel so bad for Rocky always being there when these two are just fucking yelling and screaming at each other and throwing shit and him him just being like, I I don't know what to do in this situation. Like, do you need a friend here? (laughs) Yep. So she moves in with Rocky, uh, but they can't they can't fool around right now because it's training times. It weakens legs. (laughs) Yep. So anyways, so true story. We move on to, I don't know if it's true or not. There's only one way to find out. I need to fight a black man. Um, so we uh, we move on to the big old fight. Um, it seems like Rocky's getting now. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's the They do get to the training montage finally where we see Rocky running again. And this time he makes it all the way up the steps. And people are like cheering him on a little bit on the way. And you hear the fuck. This is the first time we get to actually hear the Gonna Fly Now song. And God Damn it, every time I hear that song, like, goosebumps, like, tears in the eyes, every time. I'll tell you right when that happened. It it is definitely good montage music, but it was already too late at this point. (laughs) It was way too late. I was like, are you kidding me? This is still going on. Like, it did nothing to (laughs) me. I honestly, I probably started doing something else at this point during the movie, either working on something (laughs) or doing something on my computer. The movie was just dragging so bad. So bad. So anyways. This one is a little bit long. I'll give you that. Um, 
but I didn't care when that was happening. I honestly, <laughs> I'm, pr- I do not even remember him running up the steps. Now I've seen it in like a million commercials and stuff like that. So I know, obviously I know that he does, but I must've just been doing something else. Cause I, I remember when he started running. Cause I remember when the music started, I think he was running on a bridge or something like that. And then that's about all I remember. I just listened to the music. <laughs> And I was probably doing something else. So anyway, so now- I like when he when he finally gets to the top of the steps and he's like spinning around all happy and they like freeze frame on him. But he's doing like the weirdest fucking like sloth from Goonies face. He kind of looks like Jason in one of those Friday the 13th movies, one of the early ones, where he's just got the look on his face is like so doofy and stupid. Hmm. But it's so it's great. I love it. Gets right. me every time. It didn't get me. So um, we finally get onto the fight where he's sponsored by the meat company that Polly works at, and I think Polly has got a robe that doesn't fit. Yeah, it's way oversized. Uh, it does have the meat company on the back of it, but it does say the Italian stallion on the back as well. Um, yeah. So uh, we get to the big old nasty fight. Um, Polly Cree comes in his with a much more elaborate entrance. Like George where he's Washington. coming in dressed up like George Washington. <laughs> he's throwing coins to people and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of. Funny. I love Apollo Creed. He's so he's just so fucking good. He's so charismatic and just such a great like uh, personality to see as like a boxing champion. Yeah, I liked him too. He was pretty cool. It wasn't like your typical ones from nowadays where everybody's just pissed off at the world. It's he just seemed yeah. like a good-hearted fella. Um, yeah, he's having fun. He, like he likes just he loves this stuff. He's really good at it. Nobody's beaten him up to this point. Um, up to this point, like he's kind of like the Muhammad Ali of this universe, where he's like very fancy. He's got all this crazy footwork and stuff. He's a great champion. Like he to this point has never been knocked down. He's never gone the full fifteen rounds. Like he just knocks everybody out usually in about three rounds apparently. Um, so nobody's ever actually lasted all fifteen rounds. Um, so Rocky at this point is just like, man, I don't even think I can beat this guy. <laughs> like if I can just go the distance, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's true. Um, uh, one other thing we should mention though, is, uh, when he was deciding on who to fight, uh, Rock, and when he pulls out Rocky, one of his associates or partners or something like that says, Oh, he's a Southpaw. You're not good with Southpaws. Um, he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Let's just give him a shot anyways, basically. So um, he basically thinks that, you know, this guy's a nobody. He'll knock him out in three rounds easy. Right. Like this guy's got no chance. And uh, Duke is actually the one who's also watching the TV later when they're doing the news report about Rocky hitting the meat. And he kind of sees it and he's like, uh, like this could be trouble. Like, uh, Paul, you might want to check this out. And Apollo's just like busy working, worrying about money stuff and yeah. that kind of thing. So he doesn't even pay attention to it. So he's a little underprepared for this fight. He's definitely a little too cocky. Yeah. Yep. 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 So we finally get the two into the ring and, uh, the bell pings off and, uh, we see the two of them fight. And I'm not going to explain everything in this fight. There's just no way. Yeah. I, I, but the fight the fight goes off and basically they're sparring with each other pretty pretty well. Um it seems like Rocky's holding his own. Um he does He's getting the, his ass kicked for the first probably minute or so. He like he doesn't think he lands a single punch. And then I think he finally kinda uppercuts Creed and, and knocks, knocks him down. down. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that was pretty uh shocking because yeah, I mean it seems like Rocky is just getting his face beaten, but he just takes it. He takes all those hits. But yeah, he does knock Apollo down. 
the fight does go on and on and round after round. And between rounds, obviously, Apollo's guys are like, hey, man, just knock him out. And it's and Apollo's like, all right, <laughs> let's try. But it seems like nothing he's doing is knocking Rocky out. Rocky just keeps coming yeah. back. Uh, both of Rocky's them are, just got like a hard, hard ass head. Yeah, like he's never broken <laughs> he just his takes nose. So much damage. Yeah, but he finally breaks his nose, gets his nose broken in this one, um, in this yeah. fight here. His eye swells up so bad at a certain point he can't even see out of it. So they have to like cut him with like a box cutter, <laughs> just so they can relieve the pressure and so he can see a little bit out of that eye. And it's fucking gross. Yeah, that part is pretty gross. Um, anything that has to do with eyes, I. I scree a little bit. I scree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically, uh, we see them keep going round after round after round. They're both getting pretty fucked up. Um, and then finally, somewhere towards the end of the rounds, uh, we see Rocky just wail on his ribs. And Apollo is just not, he's just not doing well at this time. And he would get a couple of hits in on Rocky, but then Rocky would do the one-two punch. He would hit him yeah. once on the right side and then again with the left hook into his ribs on uh, his right side. And Apollo is just not – he's not doing well. I mean, Rocky, yeah. he gets knocked down a few times. And, I mean, he's it seems like he might be down and out for the count, but then he always gets back up. But uh, after the, the ribs thing, uh, honestly, I, I this is the thing that probably upsets me most about the movie. <laughs> I'll tell you this right Ooh. now. I – until you and I, until you said maybe a couple hintful things, I had no <laughs> idea if anybody won. Because the match just ends and then the credits roll after Rocky's screaming Adrian. I don't know who you the know fuck what? won. When I was a kid and I first saw this movie, I think I had that same issue. They don't do it loud enough. Like, it's not super clear, especially if you don't know boxing, I guess. But, yeah, like, Apollo Creed does win. It's a split decision. They kind of say it like you kind of hear the guy in the microphone and then you see Apollo Creed celebrating. Like that's kind of all that you, they, that's kind of where they reveal what happened. But yeah, you think they would focus on it a little bit more. <laughs> so it was down to a split decision, meaning one of the judges at least voted for Rocky, but the other two voted for Creed. Yeah. So Creed did end up winning. Oh, okay. I honestly yeah. thought that Rocky won this entire conversation right now, but <laughs> yep, I had no fucking idea. Uh, they never say it's just literally just Rocky screaming Adrian towards the end of the movie, and then, <laughs> I mean, for as long and drawn out of this, this as this movie is, the very end fight, which is what everything of this movie was leading up to, we, <laughs> it doesn't really explain who the hell fucking won and what. <laughs> I, I don't know what was happening, and then the credits roll. I was like, really, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have to watch the second movie to find out who won this match? Like, I don't know what happened. I just saw them go through every single round, and then I see both of them and everybody just crowding inside the ring. I don't understand what happened just now. So, anyways. Yeah, it could definitely be be told a little bit clearer, for sure. Uh, I think they did kind of drop the ball on that one. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, but, yeah, so then that's that's the movie Rocky. So, I guess we'll find out who won in the second movie. <laughs> So are you curious at this point to see where it goes? Like, are you interested in seeing what happens with Rocky Balboa? The only reason I would watch number two at this point is because of what we're doing here on this podcast. Because <laughs> you have to? Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping it gets more interesting. I feel like when I watched Balboa back in the day, I was pumped up. Maybe. I think I was because I think Ryan, because I know Ryan and myself and I think Mike went. Um, and I 
think I was pumped because Ryan was pumped. So I think it. I think I. Uh, they probably get better, but I'm telling you right now, Rocky one is for nostalgic purposes. I could see why people like it, but it today <laughs> in 2018, this movie does not hold up, and it's mostly a drag fest with terrible <laughs> fight scenes. Not that great. I mean, the acting by Sylvester Stallone's all right. It's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, you, I think you can't really great, understand so. what he's saying all the time, but that's fine. That's just his accent. So, I mean, I'm not completely against that. But, I mean, it is it's, – it's a, it's a bear to go through if you've never seen it before. Most of the scenes <laughs> are forgettable to me. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I remembered him is because you brought him up. I completely forgot <laughs> about the car scene with the driver talking shit. Or the the whole horse scene with the little girl. I honestly forgot about all that shit. <laughs> Damn. I did not. Well, I don't. I didn't even watch the scene where the where he ran up the stairs. Probably yeah. the most iconic Rocky scene of all time. I didn't fucking. I mean, I've probably done that fifteen times that <laughs> in, in my life. Every time I run upstairs, I probably do the Rocky scene. But in this movie, I zoned out and I just didn't pay attention enough because I had zero interest in this movie. <laughs> Damn. That, that hurts. I'm sure um, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, mean, I preferred nothing, but which one's the good one? Like five or four? Or I like, five? oh, three and four are my favorites. Those All are the right. ones I really like. No one likes five, I don't All think. Right, that's, okay, <laughs> that, then that's the one that's weird. All right, so five I heard was the bad one, and then three or four, <laughs> I think, are the ones that are really, really good. So, I yeah. mean, I'm I'm excited to at least watch the good ones, but I am not interested <laughs> in this franchise at all right now damn i mean i definitely get that it is a little bit slower paced compared to modern movies and that kind of thing but it is it is a very nice story about just this sweet dumb guy who's given this shot and he just makes the most of it and his you know his life's a piece of crap but he really just sticks to it and puts his nose to the grindstone and tries you know trains really really hard and surprises the whole world basically when he actually gets there and does what nobody else has ever been able to do just kind of through sheer willpower. And it's just kind of a very, I don't know, very nice story to me. Very inspirational story that gives me all the feels. I think the story is there. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad story. I just don't think it was well planned out. I think it, I'm not saying every movie needs to be rushed and longer movies are fine. I mean, look at the movie Jaws or even Jurassic Park where you get, Character development. Oh, maybe Jurassic Park's probably not a good... It's got <laughs> yeah. too many characters. But Jaws, I mean, it mainly focuses on those three, the three guys, right? So, And we get plenty of development out of those those guys, even though most of the movie doesn't really take place with the shark. You don't even see the shark for most of the goddamn movie. You're mostly just afraid of the idea of the shark. But we still get enough development of these three interesting characters where I'm not like just like... Oh, get to the shark. No, I'm actually interested in these three guys because of their, their, uh, I don't know, their personalities and stuff like that. Where it's just like with Rocky, you just get a dumb guy talking to oh, the shy girl, which is fine. It's an interesting premise, but because one of them you can't understand and the other one doesn't like talking, it's just like, what the <laughs> fuck am I watching? This isn't fun for me. <laughs> I'm watching, I'm, it's like watching a tard talk to a tard. <laughs> That's basically what I'm watching. It's like watching two two-year-olds talk to each other for the first time and using real words. And then the angry brother just comes in just obscenely obnoxious throughout the most of the movie. You're just like, I hate what's happening in this movie. 
And then the movie's a boxing movie with terrible fight scenes and very few and far between. <laughs> That's, I mean, that part is true. But I like, I did like the characters in this movie. Even Polly, who is an asshole, he kind of becomes a lovable asshole. No, he does not. He is never. Not in this movie, oh, not in this okay. movie at okay. all. Okay, all right. Yeah. As time goes on, he'll, you'll kind of see a little bit more better sides of him finally <laughs> this one not so much okay. uh, i mean i guess he lifts the rope up for adrian at the end so it's somewhat redeeming but not very much <laughs> um he's yeah he's a pretty big asshole throughout this movie but he is kind of funny rocky i really do enjoy uh as dumb as he is i like that he just kind of keeps saying stuff even if it doesn't make sense like his whole story about the southpaw like why they call it southpaw like i didn't understand any of that like what he was trying to say there but it was i don't know it's weirdly charming the way that guy he can just like i don't know he can't seem to make sense but he's so upbeat in certain ways that like even despite how terrible his life is that you just can't help but root for the guy Adrian, I mean, she is kind of not much of a character, but it is nice to see the two of them together because it, it does kind of make sense that they're just kind of misfits. Who, who else are they gonna, you know, who else is gonna love them if not each other? So that's kind of nice. Yeah, I and mean, Apollo Creed is just great. Yeah, I love that. Apollo Creed out of the entirety of the movie, I would say is probably my favorite character as of right now, um, just because. Yeah. It's he seems just like a genuine guy. I mean, I can see where you're coming from, Rocky, and I can see where some of his charm kind of shines in certain areas. But oh god, Apollo Creed all the way. I think. Yeah, Creed is pretty amazing. Like he, that guy's got tons of personality. Like that's a dude you can hang out with. He's just full of life. Full of life and full of Lando. <laughs> and you know who wrote this movie? Yeah, Rocky. Or uh, yes, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Yeah, he and directed it. I saw that in the opening. Not this credits. one. This one was directed by another guy, but he's directing pretty much most of the rest of them. Oh, really? I thought it said directed by uh, Sylvester, but maybe, nope. maybe it was just written by Sylvester. Is what I saw. Yeah, he wrote it. He wrote it and then starred in it. Basically, the reason this movie is so low budget is once he wrote the script, he you know brought it to the studio or whatever, and he was like, "I want to star in it." And they're like, "Well." Like, we want to get, like, a bigger star. Like, I think they're talking about, like, um, Burt Reynolds was one of the people. Ryan, uh, Robert Redford. James Caan. Oh. They're like, yeah, we want, like, a big person like that. And he's like, well, I really want to star in it. And they're like, well, we'll, we'll let you do that, but we're only going to give you a little bit of money if you do it that way. <laughs> we're going to basically cut the budget way down, keep it low budget, because we don't trust that the movie's going to make a lot with you and the lead, because you're an unknown. So, basically, he ended up taking that gamble. And it really paid off because, let's face it, this, these movies made a lot of money. Um, his career fucking took off. Somehow. The whole, yeah, the reason he was like one of the biggest actors in the 80s is all because of this movie. This really started everything for him. So that was a gamble that he definitely, I would say, won. Yeah, yeah. put it all on the line. You risked it for the biscuit. Yeah. You got that biscuit. <laughs> And more. He's got all the biscuits now. Yeah. Got all the soggy biscuits. Gross. <laughs> yeah. it's. I love this movie. I love this whole franchise. Um, I don't know what kind of categories we can have for this. Best leading lady. <laughs> Best final girl. It's just all Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I have no idea. This is a good podcast right here. 
Good I wrote on. down some good quotes. I oh. know. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we figure out which one's the best quote. Best quotes. All right. <laughs> so there's a part where he's yelling at the driver guy, and he's like, his big comeback is, I should have broke your thumbs. That was a good one. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's talking to the turtles, and he says, you guys could sing and dance. I wouldn't be doing this, you know? That's... All right. It's quality. <laughs> this is one of my favorite, just Rocky being dumb moments where he's in the pet shop and he's talking to Adrian. They're watching those little birds. And he's like, don't these birds look like candy? <laughs> like flying candy? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> nope, it really doesn't. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Apollo Creed's big line where he's talking about like sports, just making just grunt and smell. Be a thinker, not a stinker. Mm. All right. <laughs> Quality. Uh, when he's talking to little little Marie on the way home, you use dirty words, maybe you end up becoming a whore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's just good life advice. <laughs> <laughs> what does that make me? Uh, <laughs> little Marie's uh, goodbye to him. Screw you, creepo. That's probably my favorite right there. Because that, pretty that part actually made me laugh when I watched that. I completely forgot that that happened either, uh, as well. <laughs> screw you, creepo. Because doesn't she say, hey, Rocky? And he's like, yeah. And then she says, yeah. screw you, creepo. <laughs> she kind of says, like, hey, Rocky. Like, she's going to be like, oh, thanks. Thanks for walking me home. Yeah. But nope. Screw you, creepo. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just that sequence is what made me laugh. It's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, take her to the zoo. Retards love the zoo. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a classic. Um, <laughs> like, like when he takes Adrian to his apartment and she's like, she wants to call her brother and he's like, oh, that's no problem. I'll call your brother for you. And he just goes to the window and goes, hey, Paul, your sister's with me. <laughs> call you later. See ya. <laughs> Yep. Just kind of adds to the rapey feeling. <laughs> but he called her. He called him and told her. Yep. That would make me <laughs> feel very comfortable. Uh, I said that before, you dumb Dago. That's a classic. Yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky, on TV. That's That was a good one. Yeah. This one might be my favorite of them all. Women weak in legs, as we've discussed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Cut me, Mick. Yeah. And when Rocky's going back out there, you stop this fight, I'll kill you. That's just a classic one that I feel like I think they use that again or they play it again in one of the other movies. I feel like I've seen that way more than anything else. Oh, but go. I'm gonna go with women weak in legs. <laughs> just the way he says that. <laughs> All right, I'm good with women weak in legs. Mick again, and we didn't even talk much about Mick, but Mick is great in this movie. Burgess Meredith fucking kills it. Like he's just such a, like he's just good at being angry and yelling shit. Yeah, yeah, he's he's all right. He gets even better as it goes along. Like he really is the likable, you know, old man. I hope and this so. one like. This, it's, it's, a very... it's hard because I'm looking from the outside 
and yeah, you you have all you've seen them all and everything like that. For me, I hate Mick. I think he's a piece of shit because <laughs> I don't know it's anything kind about of adversarial his relationship because... in this movie. Like they're not clicking very well. Although right. I did like when they when they get to the fight and they're kind of joking back and forth with each other. Like they're kind of having a good time, even while all the shit's going on, like making fun of Apollo Creed's like entrances and stuff like that. Like the little rapport between them at that point, I like that stuff. And they kind of can, they kind of keep that up during the other fights. Yeah. I'm hoping to see more of their, their character development between each other. But as of right now, it just seems like makes a piece of shit. And then he just suddenly showed up for the fight. So I, I was very confused on most of the aspect of this movie. The mood, like I said, it just drags. And then apparently just things happen. (laughs) <laughs> like oh apparently apollo won or oh they're suddenly friends now oh they're now dating now i'm so confused everything's dragged out so bad but there's nothing leading to these things they just make the audience just have to assume that these things are happening <laughs> i honestly thought rocky won the fight the entirety of this fucking either conversation or until the end of the movie but i have to assume that uh, Apollo one okay, <laughs> yeah, good movie. Yep, yep. <laughs> I can see that. I can see there being a little bit of confusion on that part. But I'll I'll let's say this: since you have not seen these movies yet, what do you think Rocky Two is about? Um, I would probably venture to say that Rocky Two is about how Apollo Creed thought that Rocky was such a great fighter that he somehow gets him more notice or maybe a little bit more fame to where now he's fighting more guys. That's the only thing that I can pull out of this since they've made a sequel. I would imagine that <laughs> Apollo Creed is in the second one and there's some kind of uh, maybe a friendship was gained or something between the two of them because I'm just going off of Apollo's charismatic attitude and personality that the two of them start talking more and to get more uh, more notoriety towards Rocky. I don't know who the hell he fights in the second one. I don't know anything about the second one, but that's all, all right. I can gather from that. There okay, we go. That should well, be the question as well. What do yeah. you think is going to happen in the next one? I don't <laughs> I like know. <laughs> I like your theories, though. It'll be interesting to see where you, where you think it's heading and what you would do if you were uh, making the next one. Yep. Thankfully, it's not up to me because there wouldn't be a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're planning on there being a sequel, which apparently is kind of like with Friday the 13th. On some of these, there's a problem where like, oh, they definitely didn't intend there to be a sequel, but they're doing a sequel. (laughs) So they kind of wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner to get out of it. I have to talk a little bit about that six hour documentary. I've got all this information building up and we just got off the whole Friday the 13th <laughs> series. Just give me like 10 to 15 minutes after we're done with the questions with Rocky. That's all I need. Oh, I think that's all I got. <clears throat> then we're moving on. <laughs> all right. So I, uh, on uh, Kevin has introduced me to this wonderful new uh, application of horror movies uh, called Shudder. Uh, apparently it's a sister uh, app uh, from Netflix, I believe, or Amazon. Yeah, yeah, part of Amazon. That's right. It's one of their like uh, other channels that you can pay like four ninety nine a month for. Yeah, so it's definitely not very expensive. Uh, I don't recommend it if you don't like horror movies, obviously. Um, but I, I love horror movies. At first, I was like, oh, there's honestly, I didn't think there would be that many on there. 
which is weird, I guess, to think <laughs> that. Um, and it's weird. I, I'll tell you this right now. The one thing I absolutely hate about Shudder is their organization. Um, oh. Like, if I want to watch a movie, I have to skim through a shit ton of other movies. The cool thing is, is they do, which I've never seen before, but it's almost like subgenre. So you can actually look at things via genre of this horror movie genre. So Ooh. it's subgenres of this. So uh, there's a category that you go into, and everything is then pulled into separate things of horror movies. Like maybe you just want to watch a like a, a killer movie tonight, kind of like your Friday the 13th or um, Halloween's and stuff like that. Or maybe you want to watch something paranormal where the basis is ghost or a documentary, which is what I ended up watching. Um uh, there's a bunch of different subgenres in this horror genre, which is cool. So maybe I'm feeling more of a ghost movie or a killer movie or a thriller or a psychological movie, something like that. Uh, those are all on yeah. there. Um, it's fascinating. I love documentaries. And when I saw the uh, one with Friday the 13th, I think there's one for Nightmare on Elm Street too, which I'll probably end up watching as well. Um, that one I have seen. I think that used to be on Netflix. And yeah, I, saw I it think back so then. too. I think that one's much shorter though. I think that that oh, – I, did I think see it that was one. still pretty long. Like, it, it was, was probably four, four hours, hours long. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, I've seen that one. Um, but I think there's just more Friday the 13th. But anyway, so in this documentary, they do the same thing in the Nightmare on Elm Street. They talk about each one, and they bring in the directors and the writers and the producers and uh, a lot of the actors from all the movies in this one, minus the big-name actors. So there's no uh, Crispin uh, Glover. There's no Kevin Bacon. Uh, Corey Feldman is the narrator to this one, which is really oh. cool, which is weird at first because you're like, oh, no, it's Corey Feldman because nowadays we're just like, mm, <laughs> are you going to do your weird singing thing again? I hope not. But no, it's actually really good. Uh, Corey Feldman does a great job narrating. And of course, once they get to Friday the 13th 4, um, he's talking about the movie, which is really cool. Um, nice. But each one of them, uh, they talk about each each one and – Oh man, where do I start with this? The first one's really interesting how that that was made because basically it was a very low budget movie, as we already kind of know. Uh, the uh, and I think we talked about some of this, but I cannot, I can never remember. But basically, when they came up with the idea of Friday the Thirteenth, the writer and director of the movie, actually, I think he just kind of came up with the concept. But the director, uh, whatever Cunningham, uh, Sean Cunningham, or something like that, mm-hmm. yep. he. Uh, He's like, oh, Halloween did great. I'm going to steal that idea. Um, so they didn't know how to steal it. So basically what they did was um, they're coming up with ideas because they knew that they wanted to do like a teen slashing kind of movie. So the best thing that they can come up with was they were stuck in New Jersey because they had such a low budget. So they're like, what do we do that has to do with just teens? And then one of the producers, I think, I think it was one of the producers, stumbled upon a camp. And they're like, oh, this is great. We could do the counselors, and it would be really low budget. We could just film right here on site, and uh, that's where the whole camp counselor killing each other. Uh, the idea for Friday the 13th, the title, was just from Sean Cunningham just saying, there's not a movie called this, and I like that title. <laughs> <laughs> Even oh, though, yeah, that's right. Didn't he, like, like trademark the title before they even had written anything and yeah. knew what it was going to be? Yep, they like, had no idea how to fit it into title. the story. They just <laughs> He just really liked the title of Friday the 13th. And that's why most of the movies have almost nothing to do with <laughs> the day Friday the 13th. It just so happens to be the name of the movie because Sean Cunningham really liked the, the name. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about the first one. The second one... Well, the first one, uh, it was cool because they brought in, oh man, I can't remember who even played Pamela 
before he's uh, Betty something or something. I don't know. The actress who played her, uh, she was in the documentary, which was really cool. And she's like, I hated the movie. I hated the whole concept. It was between me or this other actress who played the mother in Roseanne. They both were considered. Oh. And she's like, let me jump on this. It's just a low budget thing. I, I just kind of want to slowly kind of get my name out there. But this is not a part that I wanted to play. Um, she said she didn't like it at all, but um, she did it anyways, and she never thought it would be as big as it is today. So I thought that that was pretty cool. A lot of the actors and actresses in these movies thought the same thing, uh, minus like the kids. Any of the like the adult uh, actors were just like, nah, this is definitely not a movie I'd normally do. But they're like, oh, whatever, we'll just do it. <laughs> and in most of them, yeah, exactly. And then most of them were like, well, I guess you know, on hindsight, I would. I wish I just stayed in there. Like all these people who played Jason, like before they're like, I wish I just remained playing Jason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cause their careers went nowhere. after that. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> might as well get some kind of a, like money out of this. I know. I know. So basically, uh, the second one comes around. <laughs> I had a burp there. Uh, the second one comes around. The whole idea of the sack head was they knew that, uh, they wanted Jason. Oh, this is pretty fascinating. The, uh, Sean Cunningham had nothing really to do with the second one. He, he still owned all the rights and stuff like that, but th- he never expected there to be a sequel. He didn't want there to be a sequel uh, in the beginning because he's like, the mother's dead. That was the killer. Like, how do we how do, we do this? <laughs> then uh, the producer, who is a young producer, wanted to keep it going, which is why 1, 2, 3, and 4 were kind of his kids, was this producer's kids, which – Coincidentally, the producer was also a kid. He was like in his early 20s when he started producing. His dad was a producer on other movies. So his son kind of wanted to also start doing that. And I mean, this this guy produces a bunch of other movies, which I wish I can tell you. I don't remember what they were. But he's produced a bunch of other movies as well. But uh, he started with these Friday the 13th movies. So he's like, well, I want this to be kind of my my child. So one through four was basically his his kids. That's and we already <laughs> talked about that anyways. But uh, um, when Sean Cunningham was brought up with the idea of there being a sequel, is like I I don't understand why there would be one. Uh, the mother's already dead. They're like, oh well, let's bring Jason back since we kind of left it open ended. Like oh well, then he's still in the lake or he's still out there. Let's bring Jason back. He's like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> he's like it makes no sense. And then they just like ah whatever. Who cares? So. <laughs> So they just went along with it, and there's so many times where the the continuity between the movies are just like, this doesn't make any sense, and they're just like, who cares? <laughs> one of the questions that uh, one of the or the director was asked the most of uh, in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan was, how did they go from the lake into the Atlantic Ocean? He's and he said, <laughs> I don't know. And it's left up to the interpretation. There's a lot of questions that I get asked. Is, <laughs> how, your interpretation. Yeah, it, it, we, we just let the, the audience fill in those blanks. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Like how did Jason get from the lake or from the boat all the way to New York? He's like, well, we just let the audience assume that. No. <laughs> Stop doing this. I don't want to do this. You need actual reasons and facts. <laughs> um, and – uh, they were also most of the filming was supposed to be in New York because the name of the uh, movie actually came out before the idea was written that most of that stuff was supposed to happen in New York. Very little of it was supposed to take uh, place on the boat, but because of budgeting, they had to cut 
the New York stuff down and all that writing kind of went out the window. I think you even mentioned that there was supposed to be the the boxing scene was originally in Madison Square Garden, but because of budgeting, uh, they did it on a rooftop. Um, But yeah, a lot (laughs) of the kids were supposed to die when they got to Manhattan. There was a boat scene, but it wasn't like how it was when we actually saw it, where it should have just been Jason takes the ocean. Um, But yeah, basically, uh, a lot of the stuff is very interesting to watch. Um, in the second one, we we kind of get an understanding with the like I was saying before the the sack on his head. Uh, Jason was disfigured. He kind of wanted to cover it up because of his disfigurements and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, Makes sense. Coming over, um, so they wanted to cover it up with the sack head, which is, I mean, yeah, I think that's what we talked about once before. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. Um, and then in the third movie. They didn't really explain in the second movie uh, with, like, why he's got hair. They was just yeah. like, oh, we wanted him to, to kind of look more, like, hillbilly-ish, kind of, like, backwoods, backcountry kind of, like, killer. And that's why we went with that. But when they did this third movie, they did something different. And they didn't explain why they did something different. They just wanted him to look a little more gnarly looking. And, of course, the person who played Jason in the second one was, like, this, like, skinny guy. Like, I saw him. He's just this skinny dude. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen that guy. Um, and then the third one. Yeah, the third one was this old man. <laughs> he was probably in his late 50s. I mean, he's not like old, decrepit dude. But he, he, he it was cool because I guess in a way he was almost like a method actor. He did not want to associate himself with any of the teenagers in the process of making the movie. He only wanted to hmm. see them while they were filming. That made uh-huh. it scarier for the teens when he did show up to set. So he said, uh, oh, what's, oh, damn. I might be getting that one confused. I think it was the – that was the fourth one. Yeah, it was the fourth one with Corey Feldman because he said he hated Corey Feldman. He said Corey <laughs> Feldman was a that little shit. That seemed to be a popular opinion. Yeah, because um, <laughs> Corey Feldman wanted to be like the other teens in the movie, but his mother kind of kept him like, no, no, no. And I guess he kind of like acted up a lot during the movie. <laughs> The guy who played Jason's just like, I hate that kid. Um, <laughs> I don't actually, I can't remember who played Jason in the third one. I mean, they're basically nobodies, but then of course, yeah. uh, five, six, seven. Nope. I don't know. I can't remember when Kane Hodder showed up. Uh, um, it was only for seven. three of the movies. It was yeah. Seven, eight, seven, eight. It was Jason takes Manhattan is when he showed up. No, no, he showed up in uh, the New Blood, the one with the telekinetic girl. Oh yeah, that's, that's right, that's right. One. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, and then he went from there. He did like four or five movies, basically. So um, uh, he did that. Uh, I'm just gonna skip ahead because we did a lot of like details and stuff like this already. But basically, uh, when uh, the Friday or the Freddy versus Jason showed up, originally Kane Hodder was given the script. He was given the script, and they said, yeah, you're going to be Jason. He was looking very, very much forward to playing Jason, of course, for this movie he's been looking forward to. Um, And then when the director showed up, the director even said, yeah, the dude's on board. But then New Line said, you know what, we want to go with a different actor. We want somebody different, Uh, somebody who has a little bit more personality. And Kane Kane Howard was like, but Jason doesn't have personality. He's just this (laughs) unstoppable killing machine. It doesn't talk. It's not um, like there's much to it. So they went with somebody else who had uh, kinder eyes for the more emotional parts in that movie. 
which I I don't really remember. Um, no. But, yeah. I mean, I guess what, there's a part where Jason's or uh, Freddy's messing with his dreams and stuff, but yeah. it wasn't really emotional. I know. So I don't understand why they went with somebody else. It should have been Kane Hodder from the get go. Uh, the writers in the movie never, ever wanted to interpret the idea of Jason being afraid of water. They wanted him to have memories of him drowning, but never to have a fear of water. But New Line kept enforcing that it needs to be a fear of something. So Freddy oh, can geez. kind of base his motivation around that, I guess. But yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot of these were terrible New Line choices, which sucks because... I mean, I love New Line because of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but yeah, a lot of weird choices went into that. And then the same writers who did Freddy vs. Jason also did the reboot, and they, they're they like, no, we just want to do a, a number 12. That's all we want to do. And then they're like, well, no, let's just reboot the franchise. And so that when they did it, they're like, well, let's, let's try to encapsulate, like we already talked about, the first four movies. We want to kind of go back to the, the beginning, but still, in essence, have basically this being a number 12 where nothing's really different. It's just Jason going around killing kids. So uh, that's why the movie's almost like a mishmash of shit because they're like, <laughs> we want this to be a number 12, they but then decide. they want it to be a reboot. But we want to try to also incorporate the four first four movies so it could be like one congruent story. And it's like, what the fuck? You guys <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> It should have just been a number twelve. We already know Jason. Don't give you don't have to retell the story. Yeah, I agree. Like that was never a good idea because we've already seen just him going around killing the camp counselors. Like, at least do something different with it. Take it in another direction, even if it doesn't work as much. I will say this, um, and it didn't actually hit me until I watched the documentary. But the reboot was—I'm not saying it was number twelve, but that was the twelfth movie in the Friday the 13th franchise, do you think they'll ever be... Do you think they'll make a 13? Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a good question. They they should. Oh, man. I mean, that would be almost stupid not to, but then what the hell yeah, would they Yeah, they're missing do? out on a huge marketing opportunity. I know, uh, I don't think we talked about this, but I would heard somewhat recently that I think uh, LeBron James... His, like, uh, production company is looking into another Friday the 13th movie? No. No. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously I don't want him produce, like, in a, you know, him to be in charge of the movie. But if it's just his company, like, he's giving them money, like, and he's got actual people who like the series in charge, that's fine. But. Yeah. I'd be okay I mean, I don't that. want him directing it, but. <laughs> Heavens no. If he's just going to fund it, you know, why not? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the the uh, the documentary is definitely very interesting. Uh, I mean, I would only recommend that to very big fans or just fans of a horror genre because it's not just Friday the Thirteenth stuff. That's, I mean, it is very Friday the Thirteenth, but it is very interesting watching this span of uh, a series go from the very beginning to the very end. Um, but it was interesting yeah. for me because we just got done watching all the goddamn movies, so. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they I hope they make more. But I know before this LeBron James thing, they had been talking about doing like a, you know, basically a prequel, probably like fucking Leatherface, where you get to see Jason's dad and stuff like that and show his childhood. And it's like, no, <laughs> I don't need to see all these killers when they were kids. You know, what's interesting is like I hate when people change it that much because we see that with uh, Halloween three. We also saw it with Jason Goes to Hell, which is weird because that's when Sean Cunningham came back. 
<laughs> he came back. He's like, oh, let me jump into this. But I don't want there to be, uh, you know, this like Jason reoccurring Jason kind of thing. Because he wasn't – he didn't do Jason the first time. He did Jason's oh, mom. Yeah. So it's like I don't want there to be another Jason. We've already seen him a plenty of times. So that's why they start off the movie killing him right away. But we've seen how that doesn't work. They even bring up the fact, well, I mean, Halloween did it with three. Did that work? Because <laughs> if it didn't, why would you try to recreate a horrible idea like that? Yeah. I mean, they tried to do it with five, and that didn't work either. Where they had just Roy, the ambulance driver. I mean, that's true. But, I mean, technically it was oh, – not technically, but mentally it was Jason. We all thought it was Jason. And then we find out later it wasn't. It was just we, we were Scooby Dude, but basically <laughs> we we it was we thought it was Jason the entirety of the movie. Where this one it was like, oh, it's the the essence of Jason, but it wasn't Jason. We're seeing other people take on the part of Jason. We're it's, it's stupid. It's like watching uh, <laughs> the Poltergeist or Exorcist. Yeah. By the way, have you ever seen Halloween Three? No. I actually kind of like it. I think it's you, not it's think not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I don't have that one. I've only got the remakes and I think the first two of Halloween. Um but I don't Once you get past the fact that there's no Michael Myers and that's weird. It's it's like a mess of a movie where there's too many different things going on, but it's fucking just weird enough to be cool. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one yet. I just know of it. But yeah, maybe. I, it's not on Shutter though, which we'll sucks. Oh, I know. I don't know why they don't have that one on there. No, they don't have they one, like two, one and or three. Four. Do they have one on there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, they do have one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah they have like one, four, and five. <laughs> the weirdest compilation. So random. You know what I have been? I think they have like all of them on there. So I've just started trying to watch Phantasm, the first Phantasm. Mm. There's like fucking five or six of those, I think. Yeah. And they're, I think they're all on Shutter. So I'm going to probably Ooh. try to get through them all. Yeah, I might have to cram them. <laughs> I, I really it. don't I know. know even much about what it's about. That's the um, one with I, the ball. Yeah. 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 I know something about a ball and a really tall, bald guy. Yeah. I've seen but, a couple of them. I know I've seen the first one and a couple of them when I was younger, but I just remember the big, the big, tall, dark. I think they call him the dark guy or the dark man or something like that. Um, <laughs> That's racist. And then, yeah, well, he's a white man, so it's <laughs> fine. Um, and then there's that silver ball that just like kills people. Which is oh, an nice. interesting concept. Yeah. But yeah. It's called Pinball, the horror movie. <laughs> it's called Tommy the Pinball Wizard. Marble Actual Madness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh it's it's alright. It's not the best movie. It's just like just one of those like weird horror movies. Yeah. I tried to watch did, Mandy. I did you <laughs> think I almost got physically ill through halfway through that movie. Wow. I had to stop watching it because there's just too much. Like, I was getting nauseous watching these lights and <laughs> blurry visions, and it's like an LCD trip from hell. Um, it really is. I couldn't watch it, it because I was just getting sick as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting angry and, like, getting anxious and stressed out. It was the weirdest feelings I've ever got for watching a movie. <laughs> Wow, I, I didn't get any of that, but uh, the first like forty five minutes is real boring. I feel like on the if you see it in the big screen, it would probably be an experience because, like you said, it's just fucking crazy colors and shit. It would probably fuck you up. I only got <laughs> to fifty five minutes. It was just, it was right when the 
his girlfriend or wife or whatnot is captured and we see the weird cult thing where the guy's got his wiener out and then we (laughs) it ends i i stopped it right when it goes back to nicholas cage who's like kind of on the couch or tied up or something like that in the house and i was like i can't do this anymore i physically can't do this anymore (laughs) This is that's just, when it starts getting good. Like he smelts like his own axe and shit. <laughs> oh, and it fucking gets nuts. He like has a chainsaw fight at a certain point. It's yeah, nuts. I couldn't do it, man. I might have to go back <laughs> to it. But as of right now, if I watch any more of it, I will have to sit there with a bucket. <laughs> oh, man. That guy, that guy who directed that movie, that Panatos Cosmatos or whatever his name is. Like he directed another movie. Um, with a bunch of midgets in it. That's also, I think, on Shudder. Mm. I haven't sat down to watch that one yet, but it's like Across the Black Rainbow or something like that. Oh, I need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds better than Mandy. And bringing it full circle, his father was the guy who directed Rambo and Cobra. <laughs> oh, I like Cobra. Coming back to Stallone. <laughs> I've never seen any of the first Blood movies, but all right. So. Interesting, interesting. Um, I know Nick mentioned that Bird Box on uh, the Did you see new that? podcast that you recorded yesterday. Yeah, I watched that as well. I also don't understand why everyone is fucking losing their shit about this. It I, is I, not good. I don't either. I'm, I want to see it just to see what everybody's talking about. But out of the people that I've talked to now who have seen it, they're like, I don't understand it. It's like, well, <laughs> I don't want to waste my time watching a shit movie then. Yeah, it's really fucking bad. Like... I mean, some of it could have been okay, but first off, I wish I would have someone would have warned me going in that they never show the creatures at all. Oh, so I would have not watched it then. Isn't it just like, a, isn't it like the scarecrow basically? Uh, like <laughs> everybody just like can see their fears or something like that. It's basically like the happening <laughs> where you see something and then you kind of go crazy and kill yourself. Oh, like you see, yeah, I don't know, you see your dead mother or something and it makes you kill yourself. That sounds but just they never, the most interesting movie ever. Yeah, they never show you what these people are actually seeing that's causing this or explain really what it is. There's one guy who has a theory, but who knows if that's fucking right or if any of it's fucking accurate. And really, it's just the happening. <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like. It's a remake of The Happening. Which is what people wanted. I remember them all <laughs> screaming that they wanted a sequel to The Happening, and here we are with Bird Box. Everyone loves The Happening. With Sandra Bully on Cube, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Who looks more and more like Michael Jackson every day. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I never put that together, but you are absolutely correct. She looks just she really like does. Michael Jackson. Yep. <laughs> she does. This time she just looks like Leonardo. <laughs> uh, if Michael Jackson was trying to disguise himself as a Ninja Turtle. Yes. <laughs> uh, I also watched. Uh, there's a new. I guess it's like a one-off of Black Mirror. Uh, oh yeah, Bandersnatch. Bandit, yeah, Bandersnatch. How was that? I don't know. It made me angry. I wish it was just an actual movie, not just this interactive, fucking you choose your own adventure type thing. Because that was just stupid. Oh, that that <laughs> actually is a thing where you're choosing the adventure. Yeah, like I literally couldn't watch it on my smart TV because it's like you have to do this from a device that has, you know, the ability to choose things. So I had to put it on the computer and put it like on the screen. So that was already annoying. And like every couple of minutes it would pop up with like a choice and you have to pick one. 
And it's like, fuck, I don't need to. I like this is so much paying attention that I don't need. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I definitely don't want to watch it. I just want to sit down and watch a movie. I don't want to be a star in it. (laughs) I mean, there's alternate paths and like it takes you back sometimes. Like you'll get to the ending of one and it'll take you back to one of the choices. But I still feel like I didn't see all of them. So I don't want to have to go through it again just Mm. to try to get the other ones. Yep. No, I'm good. I think I'll pass on that one as well. Yeah. I was like, this would have been better if you just give me a straight story. It was actually kind of interesting. It was about a guy making a game in the 80s. And it was like, oh, this this is cool. I I saw the previews and I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. I like like the music in the 80s. I mean, this whole 80s thing. I'm really, I love it, but I have a feeling that they're going to overdo it. Somebody's going to overdo it, dude. And it's going to kill it. (laughs) I hope not. Because I'll still love it. That was the only part of Bumblebee I liked was all the 80s music. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you if you saw <laughs> the Spider-Verse. Fuck no. Wow. <laughs> I had a feeling Miles you would. Morales can suck my balls. <laughs> Dang. You watch a lot of There's shitty movies. There's one Spider-Man. It's Peter Parker. I agree the with that. The only Spider-Man. But, I mean, that movie's getting some really big, high reviews. That's what I hear, but don't care. Not going to see it. <laughs> Dang. I will never see anything with Miles Morales in it. That's fair. I can see I'm <laughs> down with that. But it's got Spider-Gwen, your favorite. <laughs> I mean, they do have Spider-Ham, which I would like to see him. If they give him his own movie, I'll be in. <laughs> Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Spider-Pig. <laughs> Spider-Pig. <laughs> Now that I would see. Yeah. I By don't... the way, I did start putting uh, together my lists for like best and worst movies of the year. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of contenders for worst. Not very many contenders for best. Yeah, I watched because uh, I watched the uh, uh, on YouTube. Oh, God. Jeremy Johns on YouTube. And he I didn't see his top worst yet. I should go into that. Uh, but I did see his top best, and his top best were really weird. Uh, what was his number one? It was oh, it was uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. That one might be on my best of somewhere. He said Not that movie's high. just like I, super fun to watch, which it is oddly fun, which is crazy because I still I hated the one right before this, and it was made by the same director, and a lot of the same you know people were involved uh, besides just you know obviously Tom Cruise, but a yeah, lot of the other Sean Penn cast members, yeah. Yeah, like Alec Baldwin and stuff like that were in it, both of them. Uh, that one I hated. And, uh, but yeah, like uh, this one I liked so much more. And I was like, maybe I was unfair to f- the fifth one. I'm going to go back and rewatch that one. I was like, nope, this still sucks. <laughs> oh. But this one I thought was actually pretty fun, surprisingly. Yeah, it's just, it's, his list was like, it threw me for a loop. Like his event, you know, Avengers was on there. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't even think Deadpool made it, which is sad. <gasps> um, I don't remember what else. Oh, um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 made it somehow, even though I heard that <laughs> wow. that one was really bad, or at least compared to the first one, it was bad. Yeah, um, I didn't hear spectacular things about it. You know, people said it was all right. I mean, I love Wreck-It Ralph 1. That movie's great. Uh, I know you hate animated movies, but that one is, like, <laughs> right up our alley, dude. That one... That one's just up our alley. There's no doubt about it. You can't <laughs> run away from that that movie. It's super good. John C. Riley's hilarious in it. Um, 
I heard with those movies, though, like, as much as he's the title character, it's, like, barely about him. Like, it's more about the fucking little girl. Um, no, she's a character in there, but I don't wouldn't say it was about her, a little girl. It was about Wreck-It Ralph trying to get a medal in the first <laughs> one, and he... And uh, he goes into this one game to get a medal, gets the medal, and then I can't remember what happened, but then he goes into a different game and loses it there. And that's where, like, he meets the little girl, but she's just kind of like the almost like weird, oddly like comic relief. But, I mean, I'm not I, I'm not against Sarah Silverman. I guess she's like one of those like you love her or hate her things. I don't really have feelings. I think she's hilarious. She is like I loved her show on Comedy Central. I have like all the seasons on DVD. That show is fucking hilarious. I, I, I again, then I totally recommend you watching this movie. It's a fun movie. <laughs> Sarah Silverman does an amazing job as that little girl. John C. Riley is pretty funny through it. Uh, what's her face? Uh, I mean, there's just a bunch of great comedians in there um, that I don't see why you would even dislike it at all. I know you're probably still not going to watch it anyways, but it is a video game movie of video games that we enjoyed. So. And there's a bunch of like callbacks to like Sonic or Street Fighter and stuff. It's funny. By the way, I love John C. Riley, but I think two of his movies might make my bottom list of the year. Dude, I heard people. Were, oh, that's right. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, Holmes and Watson. I heard people oh, are walking God. out of that movie. I should have walked out of that movie. It was fucking terrible. I have not seen a comedy this not funny in forever. Like, it was so awful. Yeah, I've heard nothing but terrible things of this movie so far. It was all, like, jokes about, like, fucking, you know, like, modern, oh, modern-day references and old-timey things. Like, like Sherlock Holmes was trying on different hats, and there's, like, he tries on one that's, like, it's red and says, make England great again. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Wow. That's, like, a <laughs> scary movie, but not the epic movie. Yeah. Like, low. It's really what it felt like. It felt like one of those movies where it's just references for the references sake and not actually a good plot. Like, I don't think I laughed once the entire time. Damn. And I love those two. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are so good together. But this movie, I don't I don't know what they were doing. Like, I don't think there was a script like they were just probably improving the whole thing and it didn't work. Yeah, this movie is pooping. People are at, uh, <laughs> either walking out, asking for refunds. There was one, uh, one review that said, uh, I had to wake my friend up three times before the 50-minute mark just so on the third time we can leave. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. That's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, thank God it was at least short. I want to say it's only like 90 minutes long, but... Jesus Christ, <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was like a musical number for some reason at one point, and it, it wasn't even, I don't think there was a single joke in it. Like, what was, why is this here? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, uh, I'm, I'm actually interested in hearing your list. My thing is, like, once I hear your list, I'll probably, because I don't know what to watch this year. Um, like, I always like, oh, did you see Aquaman? No. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. That that's getting good reviews too. You're just like pooping on all the good ones and then I mean, going to see the bad really ones. Getting that good of reviews. I've heard it's a fun <laughs> Compared movie to, to watch. Other DC movies, it's getting good reviews, but well, still yeah. not good reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it's not terrible. I heard that the acting is better than what well, I that's the problem, is like we're comparing it to the other DC <laughs> movies. So I don't know. 
Uh, I'd probably yeah. still go watch it. I almost watched it the other day because I've been off really? and I've had to keep going to work, going into work on my days off. So I'm not going into work today, even though I was originally supposed to. <laughs> it's like, God damn, <laughs> this goddamn vacation sucks. Um, yeah. You're not, are you not actually using vacation days then, are you? If you still have to go to work? Uh, well, I haven't worked any full days, so it's kind of good because like when I'm going into work, I'm getting paid while on oh. top of my vacation. So, okay. All right, whatever. I'll take it. But yeah, I was supposed to go in today and do a bunch of stuff, but I was like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to put, I'm just going to email me, myself all the information and then just work at home. I'm done trying to do all this at work. I mean, it's nice to get paid, but I don't want to go all the way to work to just do yeah. this stuff, to work on the slowest computer ever known to man. So this computer is like from 2008, I think. So it just runs <laughs> ridiculously slow. I hate it. And then most of the time when you're trying to do stuff on Excel, it may or may not actually save. <laughs> or while saving, it'll freeze, and then you've lost everything. Oh, God, that's the worst. <laughs> yep. So my computer doesn't do that, so I'll just work from home just to save Yay. myself heartache. That's enough of that horrible <laughs> podcast audio there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in hearing your top 10 best and worst. Uh, are you going to do them in two separate episodes or are you going to try to cram them into one episode? Yeah, I'll probably break them up. Neat. Cool, cool, Do cool. it that way. That sounds like a plan. I need to come up with a top 10 for the end of the year, even though it's, this is the last episode before the end of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Top 10. Top 10. Hold on. Top 10 farts. Oh, I got to show you this real quick. This is also a good podcasting audio. Hold on a second. <laughs> Technical difficulties. So basically, uh, I've been playing this board game called Pandemic Legacy, and um, uh, we've, we've talked about it quite a few times on the, the podcast, but we finished it, we beat it, and it was glorious. And for Christmas, uh, because my buddy Sean owns the game, uh, he decided to do a shadow box and create all the stuff and put all the, the components and whatnot. Oh, hold on, let me move my mic out of the way. <laughs> but all the components this is good there's a video component to this episode yes, that you can't see <laughs> exactly so basically it's a shadow box and on there it has all the funniest moments that i've either like uh i guess put together or sean said or stuff like that so on the top of it it says saving the world one dozier at a time so it, <laughs> basically sean's thing is he's always saying the word dozier because he doesn't know how to pronounce the word do dossier um, so he says that, um, also in there has my character. He's an Asian dispatcher. I've named him ping pong. Um, <laughs> it has the zombie guys in the game as well, right in this area here, uh, in the center of the thing. And then we, we have the two big things called the Baghdad and Tokyo incidents that happened in the game. Um, it's just a really awesome, like shadow box. I wasn't expecting to get one. I know that they were saying that they were going to make one. Um, for themselves, uh, but now I guess out of all the players that played, <laughs> they didn't have enough to do one for themselves, which is sad. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome, awesome shadow box. It has my character piece in there, which people are like, is that brown piece? Or like, what color piece is that? I was like, oh, that's, that's soil. Uh, that's, that's soil. Um, so there's a lot of funny moments that we had in there. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was super cool that they did that. So, uh, 
Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's my board gaming stuff for today. <laughs> I love board games. Yeah. Why got... don't you come over here and play Clue? I do like that. I also have this game <laughs> set up on my table right now called Hoplomachus, which is like a weird, crazy poker chip game. Oh, I can kind of see that in the background there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a tactical, it's like, think of Pixel Tactics, but with more tactical decisions where you have to move your, like, placements and stuff. It's super great. More tactics than Pixel Tactics? It, uh, Pixel Tactics has more decisions, where this is more like movement and placement. Um, so there's a little bit more of that in there. Um, but, oh, yeah, it's a super great game. Uh, I keep burping, burping up my vitamin <laughs> water. Damn you, vitamins. So what else you were you supposed got? to be good for me. Uh, well, I guess let's talk about one of the, uh, the the greatest albums that came out this year. Which, Let's. as we mentioned last time, not very, not a whole lot of great ones, I must say. Um, but one of the true stars of this year has been They Might Be Giants, mm. one of my favorite bands of all time. They have had a tremendous year of output <laughs> in that they have put out three albums one of which was a double album. <laughs> Jesus. So essentially four albums worth of stuff. Oh my God. Those guys <laughs> never stop writing. They really don't like, this is insane for one year. Like I know they come out with a song a week, basically for their dial a song thing. And they basically just put out, you know, a bunch of them and combine them into these albums as they go along. Do they still do um, that? Yeah, they're still doing it. Dang. Like they restarted it. I want to say, 2015 2016 but they do it as like an online thing now instead of an actual like phone number that you call you can go online and every week there'll be a new song it's like fuck i don't know how they do it like how you keep coming up with music like this are they good though honestly a lot of them are i mean sure with that kind of volume they're not all gonna be hits but more often than not i would say they're pretty good hmm like there's definitely a lot of good songs. In fact, one the album I'm going to talk about today is the first one that came out this year. This came out early in the year. It's called I Like Fun. Uh, and it's a it's one of the best collections of songs they've done in a while. Um, and it kind of has like a theme where a lot of the songs, especially like Linnell, John Linnell's songs, are all about death, it seems like. Mm. So I guess they're just kind of getting old and reaching that point where they're thinking about death a lot. Oh, no. uh, kind of hit that post midlife crisis because they got to be in their fifties, maybe late fifties by now. Um, and I guess they're just starting to contemplate where life is heading. Um, and actually like in a lot of their recent music, I've been, I've always kind of liked John Linnell more than John Flansburg of the two Johns. Um, and that's still the case here for sure. But the Flansburg songs are slightly better than what he's been doing recently. So even on his part, um, I would say they're definitely, you know, getting a little bit better. So overall, this I Like Fun album is really, really good. I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to play a couple of the songs here. Luckily, the clips are shorter, so that's good. <laughs> is it but, easy for you to edit those songs, by the way? Into the... Uh, It's not too bad. Okay. I just got to find it, kind of silence the audio from the actual thing and put in the, the clip. Okay, so it's cool. not too bad. It was a lot easier than I than I thought. All right, cool. That's good to know. All right. Uh, so this is the first song on the album, kind of in keeping with the death theme. Uh, it's a song called Let's Get This Over With. Hmm. But just, yeah, you know, we all know how this is going to go. Let's just hurry up. Get it over with. The drum beat never changes tempo. It's steady like a rock. And like a rock, it crushes you as it gets louder. 
good jazzy little tune uh right there i like it yeah that wasn't bad there's a line in like the last verse that i really like where it's uh you're still hanging around the clam bake after every clam has been baked <laughs> just like that that's good imagery all right <laughs> i like it a lot uh this next song this is also a, a john Lennell song obviously um this is a song called push back the hands Oh. Uh, and it's got one of my favorite opening lines of any song. We'll talk about that after. But here it is. Push back the hands. Yeah. I just love that first line. You would give up your right arm to go back to when you had a right arm. <laughs> yeah. That's just some good, clever time travel jokes there. I like Who's it. Who's to say we haven't done that every every minute of every day? Maybe we did give up our right arm to go back to when we had a right arm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. Very good. Um, this next one is a little song called I Left My Body. Um, it's basically about dying and just, you know, getting out of your body and not being able to get back in.
Because for some reason my computer took a doo doo on me, it played everything, <laughs> but for some reason it just took a doo doo. But <laughs> take a doo doo pie. <laughs> it's a little bassy, so it could be harder to hear. Um, I'll just play one more. Although I would also recommend Mrs. Bluebeard. That's a good song about <laughs> basically someone you trusted murdering you, and then kind of looking back and regretting it. <laughs> oh, okay. And how you should have seen the warning signs. So that, that was a good one. Um, when the lights come on is also very good. But this is a song called uh, "By the Time You Get This," and it's a song about a time capsule that I guess was left by someone in probably the 1800s for people in the ni- early 1900s. Um, and I think I'll cut it off before it gets to the. Oh man, one damn! I wish I had the clip, but we'll find it later. <laughs> All right, here we go. By the time you get this note, we'll no longer be alive. We'll have all gone up in smoke, there'll be no way to reply. You'll be wandering about the world that vanished long ago. And the words that reach you now, that were buried underground. Greetings to everyone in 
little birdhouse in your soul or whatever on like yeah. my main playlist and i love that song but then there's some other really really good songs that they came out with uh, maybe 2005 i think that i really really liked i think there's a song called thumbnail or thumbnails or something like that thumbnails I'd have, um i'd have to go back and look i don't remember fingertips fingertips that's yeah, yeah. oh i love that song that song is so good yeah. That song was so crazy because, like, on the out, it was on the actual CD. It's like number, I want to say it's like track seventeen or eighteen, but it would basically go from because it's a bunch of different little mini songs strung together. Yeah. So it would be like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, but then it would also go from that track eighteen to another track nineteen eventually. So I don't know how they programmed the CD to do this. It was like one of the weirdest things ever, where it's got like a different countdown in between this other regular cd countdown i don't know how they pulled it off but it's fucking great because it's just all these little tiny songs that are all strung together yeah it's so good about like five to ten seconds long each there's another one on that album too that i really like as well please pass the milk please (laughs) please pass Pass the the milk please please pass the milk oh that's such a good song (laughs) um but yeah i mean i really like that a few of those songs that are on that album um yeah. That was uh, 1992. Oh, was it? Yeah. I must have just listened to it in 2004, 2005. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was a good album. I'm Apollo 18. Hmm. Or maybe you just gave me, you know what probably happened? You gave me a mix CD of it probably. And that song oh, was yeah. probably just on there. That, that definitely sounds like something I would do. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. All right. You got anything else? Uh, well, I don't know. No, not really. Sometimes with our <laughs> scripted show, we always ask each other towards the end, do we have anything else? And it's because the script comes to an end and we're like, well, do we want to explain more? And then <laughs> we always... Do you want to know more? And then the right side is always like, well, we were never scripted in the first place. <laughs> so it's always this back and forth angel and devil thing. You know, you know how it goes. <laughs> Well, this has been another fantastic episode from the original Janksters. I'm Peter Jank. That's Kevin Jank. And as always, remember to flip that tip. Have a good weekend, everybody. Oh.